Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. HousingWire Daily examines the most compelling mortgage, real estate, and fintech articles reported from the HousingWire newsroom. Each afternoon, the HW Digital team provides our listeners with a deeper look into the stories that are helping move markets forward. Hosted and produced by Alcina Lloyd and Victoria Wickham. And now, here's our host. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's Housing Wire Daily interview features a crossover episode from Housing Wire's Housing News podcast. In this episode, Regora CEO Brian Zitten talks about innovation within his company as well as changes occurring in residential valuation. But before we listen, here's a brief word on Housing Wire's newest podcast. They say money talks, so why can't we? HousingWire is thrilled to introduce its newest podcast, Girl Funds, a show where we give you our two cents on money. We love to talk with our girlfriends about everything, except our finances. We're here to bring money back into the conversation, hosted by me, Brenda Nath, along with our editor-in-chief, Sarah Wheeler. Be sure to join us every week starting this Wednesday for our girls' night focused on everything from how to pursue your dream of owning a home to affording your best friend's wedding. Each week, we'll have a special guest join us as we intertwine finance and friendship. Welcome, everyone. This is Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at Housing Wire, with the latest episode of our Housing News Podcast. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Brian Zidden, founder and CEO of Regora, which is a venture-backed startup that provides software to speed up the appraisal process for mortgage lenders and real estate appraisers. Prior to Regora, Brian founded, co-founded a real estate brokerage called Sonder Partners, which was based on a proprietary algorithm that helped to efficiently target and sell investment properties in the greater Boston area. Brian also has spent time at both a boutique private equity company and a large commercial real estate investment firm. Brian, welcome to Housing News. Hey, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. We are too. And you know, the first question we always want to start out with is how did you get started in this industry? It sounds like you have some really interesting things in your background there. <laughs> yeah, well, I always make the joke because appraisal is like always one of those funny things. And I'm one of the younger folks in appraisal. Um, people are like, what, did you wake up when you're an eight-year-old boy wanting to to automate appraisals and, and that sort of thing? The answer is definitely, definitely not. I think like most kind of, I stumbled into mortgage um, and, and went from there. So as you, as you read there, I had uh, interned at like a private equity company where I was reaching out to lots of different companies to uh, try to get, you know, to acquire them. And then I ended up interning at JLL, a big commercial real estate brokerage. And so me and my college roommate at the time, I went to Boston University for undergrad. Uh, he, he was technical. So he's been coding since he's like 10 years old. Uh, we tried to basically combine his skill set with my two internships. And we made this algorithm in the beginning of the senior year that could programmatically reach out to thousands of property owners. So uh, instead of like the normal brokers who are kind of knocking on doors and cold calling, we, we use that and could basically just chill in class and send thousands of emails saying, hey, you want to sell your property? So you want to sell your property? Uh, so we found some distressed sellers, people that were moving to Florida, people whose you know, father just died, that sort of thing, that for some reason chose two 22-year-olds to, to sell their, their properties through. We, we, we sold about $5 million worth of 
uh, buildings doing that. We were focusing on kind of multifamily properties in, in Boston. And then, um, you know, didn't, didn't really want to go down the brokerage route. But as we were giving these property tours, obviously part of that is like the financing and kind of appraisal contingencies and all that. So, uh, you know, saw an appraiser walk in, you know, old school kind of clipboard sort of thing, really manual, low tech in terms of how they were doing it. And so, you know, once we graduated, we started focusing on the appraisal industry. I would go out to random appraisers houses and shadow them doing the work and all of that. And then, you know, zoom forward to now we've been in, you know, in the appraisal industry about three, four years, kind of, um, trying to, trying to transform the space. That is crazy. And also super interesting and impressive that as <laughs> you guys were doing that and as college students. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, I think that, um, there's so much room for optimization and in, in everything in terms of the mortgage world and real estate that, uh, especially kind of recently in the last five years, you've seen just so much tech folks and, and come into the space. So I think there'll be a lot more examples of that where people are just kind of stumbling into random problems and, and trying to come up with tech solutions for it. You know, one of the reasons we wanted to, ha- to have you on Housing News is just, you know, we, we see the innovation coming. And then finally, I feel like we see some of that you know, from a regulatory standpoint, from some of the other players um, that aren't, you know, that aren't just lenders or appraisers, really embracing some of that innovation, which has been uh, a difficult thing to to do. And and really 2020 was a gift in that way. Uh, It was a terrible year in many ways, but it really did highlight that some of these solutions and some tech and automation solutions are are doing a great job, right? And we went to them. and, And my first question was really like, you know, maybe so many things changed for appraisals over the last year. So maybe you could outline some of those appraiser, uh, appraisal changes, including, you know, the, the fact that drive-by appraisers, appraisals were, um, you know, allowed desktop valuations in certain circumstances and kind of give us an overview of what that looked like as the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that sounds good. And to your point, appraisal is one of those things, even within the mortgage process that is largely dictated by Yes, there are some federal regulations, but um, mostly the kind of processes are dictated by the secondary market investors. So primarily the GSEs and others. Um, and so, you know, from a technology vendor standpoint, in terms of really pushing the bounds of innovation, we're kind of beholden to, you know, what they want us to do. And so to your point, although COVID was terrible in a lot of respects, it, it has accelerated things. They recently put out the, the FHFA, this RFI in terms of appraisal modernization. And I think that we are probably going to enter what I hope is like the golden era of, uh, of appraisals, you know, in the next year or two, but essentially, you know, prior to that appraisal had always been very manual and analog. There, there had been some efforts from the various participants in terms of standardizing the data in terms of the reports, you know, newer processes like uniform collateral data portal from the GSEs who would help underwrite things a little bit more efficiently. Um, and, you know, more recently, there was this concept of appraisal waivers as well. Um, traditionally, prior to the last year or two, appraisal waivers were kind of low percentage, though. So, you know, the vast, vast majority of transactions were still having that appraiser go to the property, do a full appraisal report, do the inspection themselves, complete the report and all of that. Uh, recently, uh, because of the increase in refinance activity and I guess the general levels of comfortability with, from the GSEs, there's been an increase in the number of appraisal waivers. And so as COVID happened and 
the the literal last thing that people wanted to do, let in a stranger into your home, you know, became a problem. They offered using these risk models flexibilities to accommodate that so that, you know, on certain types of products where they felt comfortable with the level of risk, the appraiser did not have to go inside the property and they could do a desktop analysis or a drive-by sort of thing where the appraiser makes a determination of an estimate of value without physically inspecting the inside of the property. Um, and so there were some limitations to this, right? So on certain things like cash out refis and, and different things like that, they, they weren't offering some of these flexibilities as much. And some of the non-GSC secondary market investors uh, didn't allow for these flexibilities. So lenders were still ordering full appraisals anyways. Um, but you know, through a combination of that and an increased number of appraisal waivers on a percentage basis, this kind of unlocked or provide a little bit of like a pressure valve, so to speak, people felt um, in terms of, because the turn times were getting crazy bad in terms of really holding things up in terms of the, the pipeline because of the crazy amount of volume. So even with both of those things in effect, turn times actually still got worse. So you can imagine what it would have been like if those didn't happen. Um, but now as a kind of reaction to that, you know, the FHA is like, okay, wow, we're, we're rolling out all these changes, really increasing the number of, you know, waivers going on. Do we need to take a deeper look at this, reel this back a little bit, introduce more standardized versions of these newer products? And so I think, I think you know, I don't have the inside scoop, but I think that's kind of what prompted this RFI to, to happen towards the end of last year. Okay, well, that was my next question, which was, you know, let, let's talk about the request for input because, you know, you know, analysts were like, well, does this, is this signaling the FHFA is, is going to be more accepting of hybrid appraisals going forward? Is this, is this, the, is this the tipping point we've kind of been waiting for? You know, no one knows. I mean, I think uh, they have lots of data, right? And we talked about this the other day on, on, the, on the Clubhouse. Um, you know, they have lots of data in terms of prior history and, you know, from these appraisal waivers that have happened over the last, you know, years, what does that look like in terms of light loan effects and, and, and cost of losses and anything like that? It seems like it's inevitable, like because the no, any of the changes that have been rolling out have not addressed the problem in the industry, which is the lack of appraisers joining the market. And so unless there is something introduced, whether it's some of the things that are mentioned in this RFI or kind of a more embracing of trainee appraisers, like there is going to continue to become more and more of a capacity problem, which affects the liquidity of, of the market and accessibility of of you know financing for folks so it seems like it's kind of hit ahead and they're you know hopefully they're using this opportunity to to accelerate that so i'm bullish you know that that it will signal kind of the new incoming but you know you never know with government and and you know how they're going to react and all that sort of stuff so i have my fingers crossed but we'll, we'll see yeah no that i i think that no one really knows right we're just we're just uh taking our best guesses based on what's going on. Well, let's talk about that exact thing, the, the lack of uh, new people coming into the appraisal industry. To listen to the full episode, please head over to the Housing News Podcast, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Now more than ever, the housing industry is looking to its leaders for answers. That's why each week, the Housing News Podcast invites a new mortgage, fintech, a real estate executive to the show to provide its listeners with more perspective on the announcements and news stories crossing Housing Wire's news desk. Hosted by Sarah Wheeler and produced by Elsina Lloyd, the Housing News Podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and more.
That's a wrap for today's episode of Housing Wire Daily. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, and join us again tomorrow.